let us pray. Father, as we look at your word today in Paul's message in Philippians, we ask you, Father, to open our hearts and our minds to digest it, that we may use it in our lives to draw us closer to you. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Here in Philippians, Paul writes, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. When I saw that, it reminded me of the story of the Magi in Matthew 2, uh, where the, the Magi had been following the, the sign of God, and they, it brought them to Israel. But then, instead of following God, they inquired of the world. The world didn't give them any answers. And they walked away from that, and behold, the sign of God was in the skies again. And in verse 10, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. I can just see the spectacle they were making as they were leaping and joyfully down the street following the star to Bethlehem. It must have been a great sight. But you see, Paul, Paul writes, rejoice in the Lord's always. Now, sometimes that, to us, that seems like that's a hard thing to do. Always, Paul? Yes, Paul's writing at all times, all occasions. Let me read you something from the letter he wrote to the Second Corinthians, uh, chapter 6. We put no obstacle in anyone's way, so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, by great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise. We are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet well known, and dying but and behold, we live as punished and yet not killed. Now listen to this. As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. After all that list that he just gave, always rejoicing. I don't think we can say we've gone through, in any of our lives, gone through half of that. So what is this? Rejoicing in the Lord, that Paul uh, starts the, 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 uh, the verse with. Paul is saying, get outside of ourselves. Get outside of, of what we are experiencing in our lives and rejoice in the Lord, in the unchanging relationship we have with a sovereign Lord. 
It's, it's interesting that that verb rejoice is a primary verb. And actually, it's the root of joy, grace, gifts, thanksgiving, and one of the Greek words for forgiveness. Think about that. It's also in Paul's writing in the imperative mode. What does that mean? That means he's not putting it up for discussion. It's not a, a choice. But Paul is saying, you should rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, you should rejoice. But what do we have to rejoice about? If we take our eyes off of ourselves, if we take our eyes off of the circumstances around us, and we look at the very basic of our faith, in this death, Jesus' death on the cross and our salvation. And remember John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to contemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Rejoice that the Lord gave his life on the cross to atone for our sins, to atone for our building up a wall between us and God, that God has broken down that wall. And we can now go and call him Abba, Father. And we are now adopted as his children, brothers and sisters in Christ. We can rejoice in hearing the gospel and receiving the Lord. How many of you still remember the joy you felt in your heart and accepting the good news that despite your sinfulness, despite your erecting a wall between yourself and God, whereas many, uh, in, in my case, as an atheist, denying the existence of God, hearing the gospel, hearing the truth of it, and accepting Christ and the peace that overcame us. We can rejoice in the Lord in that He is at the right hand of the Father petitioning for us. But we also can rejoice in His presence with us through the Holy Spirit. He has promised that He will never leave us He's there. Enjoy when we are blessed 
and comforting us in our woes. We can rejoice in his power, the mighty things he has done. We can rejoice in our hope of eternal life. 2 Thessalonians 2.16 Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace comfort your hearts and establish them in every good work and word. We can know that that hope will be fulfilled in the marriage supper of the Lamb. As it describes in, in, in Revelation 19, verses 7 and 8, let us rejoice and exalt and give him the glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted to her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure, for fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And we can rejoice in the fact that that's not a maybe if we've given our life to Christ. But we rejoice because our names are written in the book of life. Luke 10, where it tells the story of the 72 disciples that went out and they returned with joy after dealing after dealing with demons and spirits. And Jesus says to them, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Again in Revelations 3, verse 5, Jesus says, The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my father and before the angels. We can even rejoice in the persecutions and trials and afflictions that we are part of because of Jesus' name. Because we know that he is with us. The Holy Spirit is taking us through those as Paul wrote about so many times in his epistles. And Luke records Jesus' promise. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. With all of this, how can we not rejoice in the Lord always through thick and thin? Because he's with us through thick and thin. Even when we feel alone, cut off. We don't feel being in the presence of the Lord. He's not deserted us. We've done the withdrawing. He's still there. 
and we can rejoice that he still is. And he has his arms wrapped around us and comforting us. Then in verse 6, Paul writes, and again, by the way, what he's writing here is in the imperative mode. Remember what I said at the beginning? Imperative is it's not you might, you have a choice. It's you should. Paul writes, do not be anxious about anything. In the Greek, it'd be, it is more, even more abrupt than that. It is be anxious for nothing. You should be anxious for nothing. Instead, in every situation, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, you should tell your requests to God. Be anxious for nothing. The word for anxious, it, it and and I'm sure you, it, when I say this, you're going to say, yeah, that's exactly the word for anxious is to have something that's pulling you apart, pulling you in two different directions, distracting you to the point of, of losing all perspective because you don't know which way to turn. And Paul says, forget it. You're rejoicing in the Lord. You don't have a part in that anxiety. Be anxious for nothing. Psalm, the first psalm, in the first two verses says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. I guess Paul saw that the churches he, that he was looking after, the same situation as, as us. Our, our anxieties are not common just to us. It, it's all through church history. But he writes the same thing to the Thessalonians. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. <laughs> For this is the will of Christ Jesus the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not fret about anything. Yeah, that's easy to say, but what were we supposed to do instead? Well, the second part of that verse says, says it all. Through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, Tell your requests to God. Yeah. I'm going to suggest something. It might sound weird, but 
maybe it will help us all. Take a pad of paper. Now, you're going to say, why a pad? Why not just a sheet of paper, Alan? Because if you're like me, this isn't going to be a one-time shot. Take that piece of paper, split it into two columns. On the left-hand column, right at the top, big letters, worry or anxieties. On the, on the other column, write big letters, prayer. Now that column, horizontally divide personal prayer. Second section, where two or three are gathered together. Third section, church family. So now what you're going to do is on the, under the column for worries, when you have a worry, you're going to write them down. When you have, if you're like, like me, you can have multiple worries all at the same time. Write them down. And then... Because Paul says, don't put anything there and leave it there. Decide. Do you need two or three gathered together in the Lord's name to pray with you? Move it over there. Do you need, is it such a, a worry that you need your, the church family praying for you? Put it over there. If it's something that you need to deal with the Lord personally, one-on-one, -on -one, put it at the top of that page. And then tell people if you need people need help. And pray. Pray with petition and thanksgiving. Prayer. The Lord wants us to talk to Him. Jesus doesn't tell us to call God Abba without a reason. It's because we can go to Him with our deepest concerns, with our littlest concerns, with our biggest concerns, and He's listening and will answer. That's a guarantee. He won't hang up the phone on us. And I read somewhere just this week that we might open our prayers with thanksgiving, that worshiping God for all that he's done, and present our petitions. But then don't forget to close with thanksgiving as well. Thanksgiving of thanking him that he's listened to our prayer and that he's answered it. We might not like the answer, and we'll have to talk to him again so that we understand it, but he will answer our prayer. And it's amazing because when we do this, 
Paul writes in verse 7, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. With this, he's bringing us right back to how can we rejoice in the Lord always? Because the peace of God, it's not an external peace that when we pray for peace between nations. No, this is a peace. It's the peace of God and it's peace with God. And it surpasses all understanding because it's beyond our comprehension. How it will restore our relationship with God. We will have a peace with God because we're not trying to fight him through anxieties and handling our own affairs. And we'll have a peace within ourselves. And Paul writes that that peace will guard our hearts and our minds. You know, that guard is a military term. term. So that says that that peace with God will, will put a buffer around our hearts and our minds against our anxieties. And if that is done, then we can truly rejoice in the Lord always. And in verse 8, Paul closes with a few ideas to get our minds off the anxieties that we always try to bring into our lives. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is anything excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. If our eyes and our thoughts are on those things, won't leave room for anxieties and fears. And again, I'm going to close. And it will allow us with, or allow us to rejoice in the Lord always. Again, Paul says, rejoice. Let us pray. Father, we, it is just, it's our old nature taking over, thinking that we can still even if we've given our lives to you, even if we said, yes, Jesus is my salvation and Jesus is my Lord. We still try to take things back. It's our old nature, Father. We ask you, we pray that through your Holy Spirit, we may learn to take these concerns to you. That we may enjoy the peace of God. The peace with God.
our minds and hearts will be guarded. For the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.